I'm, I'm a big believer in me not telling you what you should be doing, yeah. right? But more, um, you know, asking you some questions that are going to help you think about what path you want to go towards, right? Yeah. And I really think about, think about it in terms of mind, body, and soul. Okay, guys, welcome to Bloomex Podcast. Um, today, we have a great shout-out to mention. Um, shout-out to MCRO for becoming a continuing sponsor for the, for the podcast. So this episode and a future episodes is going to be brought to you by MCRO, who enables businesses to grow through handcrafted digital solutions of the future. MCRO is a web and mobile app development studio with a competent, dedicated, and experienced team focused on solving business challenges through fast-to-market and producing high-performance digital products. If you're looking to turn your destructive ideas into reality or have a reliable strategic tech partner to explore options with uh, for your existing work or for new work, reach out to us and we'll make the introduction for MCRO and you can have the conversation over a coffee or a bone shaker IPA, your choice. Perfect, all right. Merly, we're back again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had one failed attempt and then some background noise uh, canceled that out. Yeah. But uh, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, my pleasure, brother. Yeah, so you're someone I really wanted to have on just because you know, we've known each other for quite a bit now um, and we just figured out six years. Yes. Um, yeah. One of the things I appreciate about that is that you're about you have like ten years seniority on me, and like knowing you and your friends, I've uh, I've been able to see in the future of what that could potentially look like <laughs> for me, right? And it's funny enough, we have become a same hairstyle now, <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of kind of coming yeah. true. Yeah. Nice. But um, yeah, I would want to connect up with you again, but like you know all the different things you're doing because you're you're an international man of mystery. You're you're a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. Um. So I guess let's begin. You're with the come do it, right? Or yeah. Or do you want to start with the college first? Um, anything's, anything's great. I think, uh, you know, this is a, a very critical time for come do it. Okay. Um, uh, you know, especially January's uh, Tamil Heritage Month. Um, we have the handmade books out. Um, come do it for me is definitely a, a very important part of what I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we stay away from all the politics and everything. Um, there's a lot of that, um, not just back home, but um, in the diaspora as well. And um, what we try to focus on is connecting heart to heart. Um, so let's, let's go a little bit more into what Comduit is. Uh, Dale, if you could bring that up. And then, nope, just below that. Yeah, Comduit. Yeah. So uh, we're a nonprofit, mm -hmm. and um, we connect the diaspora um, with projects that are happening um, back home in Sri Lanka, predominantly in the north and east. Um, and projects like, uh, for example, there's a project in Mannar where they were revitalizing the Kulams, um, the man-made uh, lakes there within within the city. Oh, wow. um, and there was an Australian NGO that was working on that project at Bridging Lanka, um, you know, doing fantastic work, trying to engage with the community to um, revitalize those columns that they had, they had built over. And uh, the struggle was that they had mostly, um, you know, white Australians going there to help support as volunteers. And, you know, the advantage we had is we reached out to the diaspora, had, you know, specific job descriptions out. For urban planners, we had a gentleman from um, Norway and uh, a gentleman from Calgary. He's actually from Toronto, but yeah. uh, was living out in Calgary. They went out there, and part of their mandate wasn't to finish one of the projects, but within like a couple of weeks, because they spoke the language, they connected with the community, and with community engagement, while they were there, they pretty much finished one of the projects. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so for us, it's, it's focusing on that. A lot of people have left Sri Lanka um, when they were very young, and they haven't gone back. Um, and some people have never gotten a chance back to go back, right? So I think there's a lot of important work happening with the, in the community in terms of lobbying um, um, for a lot of um, you know, terrible things that have happened during the war, um, for sure. Uh, and that's very important. But I think just as important is ensuring that the next generation um, is connected with that community, and also, um, you know, the generation before us, like my father's generation, 
who are either retiring or doing other projects, they have a chance to you know, get back and work on these um, projects, orphanages or urban planning projects, et cetera. It's amazing. I mean, one of the things I really liked about this is like it stands against like volunteerism. Yes. Yeah. Volunteerism being like people who are from well-off nations, pretty much volunteering to go and like pretty much it's like a goodwill project for themselves. Yes. To make themselves feel good. Whereas um, the difference here is you're sending back like people, ex-community members, basically people yeah. who have uh, left Sri Lanka because of the war-torn areas, and give them an opportunity to reconnect with their roots while using the knowledge base they have learned uh, from living overseas. Yes. Right? Exactly you said, connecting the diaspora to their native land. And it's people who are originally from that area who are connected to it, who want to reconnect to it, yeah. that are going back and creating their professional skills to better the, the environment of the people still living there. Yeah. I think that's very important. Uh, we talked about this a few years ago, and since then, I mean, Conduit's mission has really grown Yeah. And what you guys yeah, are capable thank of doing. You. Yeah. I mean, what's the feedback from the community been about this? Um, you know, there's, there, it, it, it's positive and challenging, let me yeah. put it that way, yeah. because there's always, um, there's always people that are going to have a different vision than you do, mm -hmm. um, so that's where the challenges come in. Um, but, you know, if you fo I, think, I think it's important to listen to yeah. those challenges, right, and have discussions about that. Um, they should never be one-sided, in my opinion, because there should always be balance and checks, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and also focusing on the positive that the experience, experiences that the volunteers have, the experiences that the partners have, um, and most importantly, the people that we're serving there um, is tremendous, is tremendous. You know, like, I always think about, brother, like in 2017, I got a chance to go um, with some of the volunteers that were going that year. Yeah. And, um, we went to, um, you know, the mothers um, that they're, they're essentially, like, they've set up their own, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not a strike, but they're standing up for the, the children that, that have been taken from them. Right? Yeah. Um, and I remember as we were going there thinking that um, I, d I didn't want to go. Yeah. Like, honestly speaking, I didn't want to go because I'm like, this is absolutely useless that they're going to get, like, upset seeing us and um, what are we going to do social media posts like you know and what can I do like I'm living just seeing me if I was in their position just seeing me that I'm a child that got an experience in this wonderful land you know air conditioning food you really don't have to worry about food in Canada right like of, of course there are people you know homeless and and there's issues there but Generally speaking, the majority of the population doesn't have that issue, right? Mm. Um, and then coming to see them where they've lost their children. Right? Uh, I didn't want to do it. And, um, you know, obviously I had to go as a director of Com Do It. Um, and, uh, and they did get upset, you know, mm. no doubt, because there's many people that are coming there, posting on social media, et cetera. And um, we, had the, we had the chance to go with Darsha, um, who's, uh, you know, she has Adiyalam there and has really been helping these women and getting their um, uh, recognition out, right? Um, and she has a good relationship with those women and um, they sat down and spoke to us and, you know, we've, we've been doing our best to, to try to connect and stay engaged with their, their issues. But I wouldn't have even really... It's one thing to see that on a social media post. It's absolutely different when you meet that person face to face. Mm -hmm. right? um, that engagement, I think, is important, uh, especially for the next generation to understand what needs to be done there. I don't think you know you necessarily have to do something um, within your community. For me, that's important. There's a lot of things that are happening in Canada that you can help with. Um, you know, it's it's winter right now. There's people that last year so many people died because it was so free, freezing outside and they can, we don't have enough shelter support, right? Just helping people, human beings, I think is important in whatever way you can do that. Absolutely. Um, and this is one of the ways that I, I try to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, this is really great. I mean, it's a really great initiative. Um, yeah, definitely uh, needs, needs more support, I guess. Yeah. We all, everyone, um, I guess, I guess one of the main things, the problems is like, I really don't like the idea of charities. Yes, yeah. Right, of this charitable giving, this giving things away, just so it pretty much is solving a symptom, yes. Yes. 
but I mean, it doesn't solve any underlying issues. Yes. Um, I mean, one of the things you talked about, like the idea of food scarcity. I mean, food scarcity affects everybody, but disproportionately affects the world. And um, if you're you know, from a, a darker skin nation, yeah. you're disproportionately likely to be experience that. Yeah. And the same, same kind of issues talked about, like how do you go and face people who have so little when you come from a from a position of privilege yes. and be able to be like, I can give you something. Yes. You know, like what, how can you transfer something over to them out of that it's at work, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm really interested in is about how access to technology is changing all that. Mm -hmm. Like in India, it, they have some crazy number, like 50 million people a month get access to the internet for the first time, I mean, through a mobile device. Like uh, one of their, it's, it's a huge co contest right now um, for just getting people, uh, people connected. Mm -hmm. Mobile cheap phones and the new network becoming so cheap that about 50 million people, I think there's a, there's a peak number per month, or I could be mistaken, but are being connected, not just to each other, for the first time being connected to technology, to the mobile ne uh, networks, but also to the internet, yeah. through huge. mobile technology, right? And how that's radically transforming um, communities. Mm -hmm. Because they, they now have access to communication, they have now access to communicate with each other, and to broadcast. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a lot of social, a lot of uh, like a lot of things negative about that, where you know, people get accused of wrong things. Like yes. we see the fake news uh, affecting people uh, way more aggressively there yeah. than it does in North American markets. But the access to technology, how much that uh, like technology can call the great equalizer. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one of the things I'm interested in is how is technology being leveraged? Are you guys leveraging any technology in this in, in what you do um, back home? That's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, Kumarin, our founding director, might kill me if I announce too much too soon. Okay. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll, you know, say as much as I can. But you know, one of th one of the biggest issues I think is there's so much happening within the diaspora in terms of projects, right? Like everybody wants to give um, and and support in some way, but the the difficult part is. And, you know, somebody might be supporting an orphanage here and then an orphanage down the street, right? Whereas you could, you could split the resources and do that in a more effective manner. manner. So I think um, collecting that information will really help the diaspora. And I think technology is a very um, uh, interesting way that we can do that. And, th and we've been looking at that. In fact, we're very close to um, making an announcement where, where that would be available. You know, this year has been very tough for us, brother, as, as I mentioned, because, <coughs> excuse me, um, the bombings in, um, you know, the Easter bombings, and then um, people are unsure about what's going to be happening with, with the new government yep. um, uh, coming into power. And obviously that affects the, the, vol the volunteers that we can get um, going back. Um, we're still pushing forward. Um, you know, we have a commitment to help the people however we can, and we're, we're going to keep pushing forward on that. But it also provides us an opportunity to pivot. And, and as you have rightly identified, you know, technology play, can play a big role in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think your insights on um, you know, access to uh, mobile, uh, mobile phones and the internet um, is becoming more and more available. Um, and so I think I think there's an interesting play for us there, and Absolutely. hopefully there'll be some announcements, more announcements soon. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though, like you know, I always think about um, people always assume that, rightfully assume that you know that's happening a lot in um, developing nations, but you know also in Canada and the North, internet is an issue. It right? is. I mean, if you look at like uh, Rogers did an update on their app. Um, and it, it uh, tells you the coverage details across Canada. Yes, yeah. And that, like, I was shocked at the amount of areas that are not covered. Yeah. And this is why one of the biggest networks, right? Um, of course, all the urban areas are covered and all that. But it tells you on the map, like, if you go in this area, you're not going to get coverage. Yeah. And the amount of areas. We have, Canada's a vast nation. And we have a lot of people living in remote nations. And you're right. Yeah. They're not connected. Yeah. It gives them a, a very big um, disadvantage. Yeah. Right. One of our directors, uh, Hamsha, she lives, she just moved out to uh, um, uh, to the Yukon. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow, wow. Yellowknife. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She moved out there like permanent? Like 
yeah, so she's taking a contract out there. Okay. I think she's there for a couple of years for sure. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, nice. so we have an interesting perspective there too. But, uh, but you know, um, I, I, I think it's important to look at opportunities and technology for that. Um, when I was in Bangladesh, they had, they would transfer money over mobile phone and uh, within the country. And then I, I bought a, a telecommunications company in, uh, in the UK and we were, like it was SIM mm -hmm. cards, right? Um, it was the MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network Operator. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we just piggyback off of the big, big telcos, right? Okay. And, um, and so I was walking you know, in the streets where they're usually selling it out of a kiosk in London, SIM cards, phone cards, et cetera. And there, I would see somebody buy a card, and then they would be transferring money to somebody back in Bangladesh. Completely illegal, right? Yeah. Completely illegal. But they were doing that before you know, anybody like Western Union or so anybody uh, was doing work? mobile. They would go to a kiosk, buy a card? So somebody would give them money here, um, and they would just SMS that, um, you know, do a top up for somebody there um, back in Bangladesh or, oh, or whatever, okay. right? Um, so they were playing around yeah. with, with the top ups, right? So it wasn't, it was, you could say, a, uh, uh, a very basic trade or like cryptocurrency, but through top ups yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. right? Um, top but, up means like more minutes, more talk time yeah. on that phone? Yeah, but you can also do bill payments and all kinds of things, right? Through that service, yeah. Through that, yeah. yeah. So because, um, you know, those countries didn't have the established, you know, um, cell, cell, cell phone towers or like, you know, the old uh, phone line connections, mobile was an easier way for them to get access. Mm -hmm. So their mobile, and, and it was a great way for you as a big telco to experiment in this place and then implement in, in Western nations, right? So it was, it was crazy to me when I came here. Um, I would go back and forth, but when coming here, I would see like the level of, um, uh, or rather the lack of telecommunication services in North America. Like it was terrible yeah. compared to what was happening in Asia, right? Because people were just more innovative with what they were doing. and. Yeah. Um, you know, I think innovation comes with a lot of, uh, through struggle, and you're kind of forced to figure something out, um, which is why it's exciting to be at the hub yeah. and, and see these things. Yeah, and Thank you've you. and you've been in that space for a while, right? Yeah. So you see a lot of that. Absolutely, I, I definitely got immersed in the, the whole innovation economy side where, you know, how do you, how do you like professionally sell an idea or build a business, Yeah. right? And I mean, what is it in for stakeholders to support other people who build businesses, right? Why would a private company ever want to build a company that could potentially be competitors to them? Yes. Or take part of their business? Yes. Right. I mean, it's such a such an interesting world. Right. Yeah. We were just having we had a guest on previously that talked about, you know, they're at a large enterprise company, a large enterprise there, and um, they support a, like a whole bunch of startups, because rather than solve problems themselves, they can pretty much build this uh, zone of innovation where the companies will come up and solve, the, uh, solve problems, then pretty much do sweat equity, figure yes. out all these problem sets, and all they have to do is plug them in. Yeah. Right, be the middleman. Yeah. Uh, be um, It's a cheaper R&D division, I guess, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right, so it's, it's so interesting to see how innovation is used to solve the world problems and how, who everyone, how everyone works together to do so. Yes. And, I mean, we're seeing a lot of this too, like innovation zones, just like the hub, just like we have here in Toronto and Canada, these in, uh, accelerators and incubators are opening up across the world. Yeah. Right. I was talking to um, the CEO of uh, Startup Zone and PEI. Okay. And they were at first, Patrick Farrar, he, so he was talking about how he was at first trying to integrate with like hubs in Toronto, right? So there's about 78 companies working out of PEI in, this, in the Startup Zone. Yeah. And they're trying to work with Toronto, Montreal, trying to get attention from these places, and no one cared. <coughs> Yeah. But then he reached out because they're fo heavily focused on like manufacturing tech, agricultural technologies, fishery technologies. So instead, of they reached out across to India. Yeah. And they started, they found out all the zone, all the innovation zones there are focused on the same things. Yes. They they solve the same issues. Yeah. So they're like, yo, let's connect here to yeah. back and forth. And Perfect. And he's met now has a lot of partners now in East Asia. Yeah. Where uh, there's like a whole bunch of companies solving the same kind of problems. Yeah. 
So they're now networking together. Yeah, that's right? awesome. That's awesome. Sharing resources, things like that. Yeah. And uh, I can't help but wonder, I mean, how can we like cast <coughs> a net and see this net transfer yeah. of idea ideas and how they flow back and forth, you know? Yeah. And how can we better help influence the spread of information yeah. and the spread of these, uh, the growth of these ideas? Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, I forgot someone who explained this to me, like when I was back in university, like, like innovation, whether it comes from academia or research or a business solution, right? It's like if you if you get like the full knowledge base of the humanity and put it into a ball, right? Yeah. Anytime you build up a specializing in one field, yeah, it's like you you build up a corner edge, and then the rest of the world catches up towards that. Yes. And it's yeah. like you're pulling and pushing this ball of knowledge in different different directions. Yeah. And the spikes that come up all the time from these knowledge leaders. And overall, like over time, this ball of knowledge is built and built and built yeah. by these different people pulling in different directions. Yeah. But, you know, these institutions can build that helps foster this and grow yes. this. Yeah. How can we use technology to better further the growth of this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, the new ideas and helping them find product market fit and to solve the actual problems they're meant to solve. Yeah. Because it benefits everybody. Yeah. Right? But the issue is only a few people are benefiting, yes. financially benefiting from this. Yeah. That's how the infrastructure is built right now, right? Yeah, currently, you build yeah. something of value uh, and you scale and very few people get rewarded off that. Yeah. But the bulk of the people get influenced by it. Yeah. So as these new companies, these tech companies, these SaaS companies, the software eats the world. Yeah. Um, this is something I think about a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of wealth being transferred into the hands of very few people. Very few people, yeah. I think, you know, I think Canada plays can play a very strong role there yeah. um, <coughs> in terms of uh, the global connection that you're talking about mm -hmm. and um, connecting with ideas because unlike other places, you know, we're so diverse and we celebrate that diversity, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, at the, at the college, one of the things that we do is potlucks, mm. um, which I love because I love food. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, we're so bombarded um, in, in our media and, and I guess in our lives too by um, differences, right? This person, you know, this community is doing this, this community is doing that, and we need to do this in our community, et cetera, et cetera, right? But with the potlucks and with food, you see, um, you see the similar similarities in the food and then you recognize similarities within yourselves. Yeah. And if, as a country, and I think we're right now at a very critical point on that. Um, and you can see that in, in terms of our politics and, and what's happening in, ter in terms of the politicians that are running, et cetera. But if as a country, and the, you know, we are able to speak within that diversity and solve problems within that diversity, um, we can go really far. And I think Canada, um, unlike other nations, are, is, is primed for that, right? And, and then, like, you know, um, we're speaking with um, uh, Minister Mary Ng. Mm. She got reelected and in that position again as well for small business. And, you know, the doors are open for Canada globally, right? We have all these trade agreements. But again, we have something that nobody else does. We have immigrants that have come here, maybe have worked here 10, 15 years, and they still have relationships with their home country, right? Yeah. Kind of tying in with Comduit. Like, instead of going there as, um, you know, Filipino-Canadian into India, you can go to the Philippines and build relationships that benefit Canada, that benefit the Philippines, right? right? Or an Indian can do that. Like, yes, people are doing that to some degree, but I think they're still doing it within silos within their community. Yeah. But if we can do that as a nation, I think that translates globally. Yeah, it's a hidden soft power yeah. that we have that we haven't recognized. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to leverage that, yeah. that power within the college. That's of course. Sure. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. yeah. Right, because you, ha you get to see, um, so yeah, let's talk about the college a little bit. Sure. Right. Um, you guys are OSAP funded? Yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, we're a private career college, and uh, we were established in 1991. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't found so the college. So Computech College in Scarborough? Yeah. Your father founded this? Uh, no, no. Uh, a friend of my father's, okay. uh, they went to engineering school together. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we bought the college in, actually our uh, software development office was right beside the college in, in Markham. Oh, wow. And um, 
uh, yeah, just, you know, things kind of align. Um, at the time, I was working for a fintech company downtown. I just came back to Canada. Um, and uh, the gentleman um, that was the founder and was running it, um, uh, Dr. Tam Vasandakumar, um, was kind of grooming his daughter uh, to take over the business. And, um, and then he, she was in Cambridge and uh, I guess fell in love and decided to stay in Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she wasn't going to run the business. And then I, I, was, I ran for a member of parliament in, in 2014 mm -hmm. um, and connected with him more, um, you know, just connecting with the community. And I was doing a lot of um, community engagement at that point. Yeah, I remember. And he wanted somebody that just didn't think about it in terms of the business, but um, really thought about it in terms of um, the benefit to the community and, and how you can help people out, right? And, and I guess, you know, I'd like to think that he saw that in me at that point and, and uh, we had an opportunity to take over. So took it over um, softly in 2014 and officially 2015. Um, and at that time it was um, over three campuses, predominantly Sri Lankan Tamil, 100% yep. um, staff and like 99.9% um, student base. Mm -hmm. uh, so my brother and I, we purchased it together. And um, we took a focus on diversity, speaking to what we were just talking about and um, the value of diversity, right? Each culture has such fantastic ideas um, that are ingrained through their ancestors, but also how they see things, um, different perspectives into challenges, right? And we felt that it wasn't um, beneficial for a student to come into a classroom where it was just one community because then they were still sheltered. And when they went into the quote unquote real world, they weren't gonna see that in the workplace. So they, they needed that confidence and those skills to prepare them. And um, so we thought diversity was, was the best way to do that, right? Organically, you would get those experiences. Um, so now we're at 2019, you know, going into 2020 and we're celebrating 2020 will be 29 years um, in the business. Oh wow. We do um, entry level diploma programs uh, in business, healthcare, technology. 75% of our student base are women. Um, our, oh, wow. our, we're adult uh, yep. students, so 35 to 45 is, is the range. Mm -hmm. And as a college, we specifically focus on recent immigrants. Um, all the uh, uh, pictures on our website are our students mm -hmm. um, and our staff, um, which is unique in um, from as far as I can tell in terms of academic institutions. Yeah, they don't look like uh, stock images for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're real. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's important, right? You want to see um, people are going to be nervous about, especially that age group going back into school. You want to see people that that are in there, sitting comfortably and happily there, and, um, and also are successful there, right? We don't guarantee jobs, but at the end of the day, any student that doesn't get a job is a loss for us, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we are a designated learning institute as well, um, which means we can accept international students, mm -hmm. um, which we've had a few also. We've had physicians. Um, there's a uh, physician from South Africa, a uh, pediatrician, pediatrician from the Philippines, invasive cardiologist from Sudan who's wow. trained in the UK um, that are coming because university, community college wasn't the right fit for them, right? Brilliant people um, themselves, but they didn't have um, the environment. Mm -hmm. You were talking about environment in terms of the innovation. They didn't have that environment, like that rich soil to grow, right? It was always people telling them, do this, do that, as opposed to here's an environment where you can comfortably learn so that you can succeed in your way, right? Which I, which I think is important. That's really good. Um, so you guys got this pretty recently. I thought, uh, I was under the impression you guys as a family have been dealing with this for a while. But no, uh, yeah. no, we, we bought it recently. Um, yeah, we've, I, you know, I've been very lucky because I've been mentored by my dad. Yeah. My father's been in business for, for, you know, longer than I can remember, of course, before I was born. Um, and, uh, but the focus for him has always been absolutely making money, but how can we make money uh, by helping people, right? Um, and education, of course, is, is a big factor on that. 
Um, you know, we've done real estate developments, um, um, so many different things. He's been in the film industry, um, so many things, right? Uh, a lot of people ask me how I'm, you know, have my hands in all of this stuff. Uh, how do I have the time? But, but to me, like, because I lived and learned through my father and he did that, to me, that's the norm. Um, to me, why wouldn't you do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is kind of what I touch on with my, with my brand and, and Maestro Mindset. Yeah, and great way to tie that in. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to your personal page. So sure. the Maestro Mindset. So this is, uh, uh, I recently seen, been seeing you post about this all yeah. over social media. Great to have you back on social media. <laughs> I know <laughs> your you. dad life has pulled you away for the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, maestro, the maestro. Maestro well, mindset, yes. Can't say that very fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what's this about? What's this movement? Yeah, um, so, you know, this really spurred from me turning 40. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I turned 40. Oh, pivotal age. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I turned 40 uh, July 5th, if yeah. anybody wants to send me wishes uh, <laughs> on, on your platform here. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, to, me, to me, it's an age where you have a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're somewhat established. I mean, you know, I'm, t I'm talking about majority of the people somewhat established in your field. Um, you might have a family, or if you haven't chosen that route, you're, you're quite settled, I think. Um, and it's your opportunity to influence whatever your circle of influence is on where you'd like to see the world go. Um, and uh, not that I am you know, an expert by any means. I have a lot to learn still and a long way to go. But I think you know, financially, you're able to influence things and, and, and make decisions, right? Um, your children are there, you're, 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 you have an influence on the next generations to come. Um, so I think it's a very important age to reflect um, about what you would like to do for the next decade. Um, and uh, so a lot of people have always asked me about why I'm doing this, why I'm doing that, and how I do this and how I do that. And on, on a personal side, I wanted to set up this brand as a, as a way to share that information and to perhaps give some people some tips on how they can do the same. Mm -hmm. And um, I find, I've found, especially with the college or in networking events that I go to, that people are very much focused on um, their career, right? Um, or just one thing in their life, right? So for example, you know, my wife, my wife is a physician and doctors, they I mean, just the nature of their field, they're completely consumed in university, like eight years and like residency and all this stuff, like it's all medicine, medicine, medicine. And then you get there and then, you know, then what, right? Like you're in that field and sure you can go up in that field, but especially for a field like medicine, you need other outlets um, to, um, you know, to release stress, but also other passions, right? Yeah. You are seeing some tremendous things in, um, in your life, in, in the hospital life, like death, suffering, birth, all kinds of things, right? So um, whether it's, you know, playing a musical instrument, learning a dance, like there's other aspects of you that I think are important to explore. Mm. So that's why, that's why I call it the Maestro Mindset because I think it helps to think about um, your life as a symphony. And do you want, um, you know, more of the strings or do you want more of the um, percussion to play? Like you create your mm -hmm. own sound in this universe, right? And when you leave this place, I feel like uh, you know you're leaving your sound there for people to hear. Mm -hmm. No, it's a great way of putting it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's a very broad kind of challenge to be taken on, right? Like, because it's such a thing that's so important right now, like with life balance being an issue, with yeah. understanding, like you know, trying to understand yourself. And the and being passionate about what you work with the work environment, what you're doing. Yes. Right. So, how do you target a message in that kind of in that kind of category? Yeah. How how do I be specific about it? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this in the next couple of days, actually, I'm I'm uh, releasing my Maestro Mindset Manifesto for 2020, mm -hmm. and it's a more detailed guide of of. Um, how you can think about some of the goals. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in me not telling you 
what you should be doing, right? Yeah. But more, um, you know, asking you some questions that are going to help you think about what path you want to go towards, right? Yeah. And I really think about think about it in terms of mind, body, and soul. Mm. What are your goals in terms of business when it comes to your mind, right? Expanding your mind, expanding your perspectives, right? You were talking about how you know you guys want to, you guys are going to expand into different hubs, right, and get different um, um, informations, connect different. Um, startups that's that's huge right because one startup here I mean the example you gave of PEI the, the startup in PEI connecting with a startup in India the ideas just by talking is is huge right and they, they can have a different perspective so expanding your mind expanding your body um, I think we were talking about that earlier when I came in like for me working out now is is just being ensuring my energy is at the level so that I'm present for my children right like I'm putting all this energy towards work, and it's, it's terrible as a father if I come exhausted and then, and then choose that time to spend with my children, yeah. right? Like, I need to be present and I need to be there, um, especially if I love them and want the best for them, right? So keeping your mind, uh, um, mind expanded, your body strong, um, you know, you want to keep your body strong for your significant other too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah. I won't get into that yeah. here, but that's also very important. No, absolutely. Um, and, and your soul, right? Spiritually, where, where do you want to be? Whatever that is for you, whether it's the religious aspect, um, whether it's meditation. I just went to, uh, do you know Sadhguru? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. went to his um, inner engineering uh, weekend that he had in Toronto oh, wow. a little while ago. Um, which was a phenomenal experience. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, I'm not saying you should go down that path to anybody, um, but I think you should look at those aspects of your life and um, think about where you want to be there. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's such an important thing. I think, like, especially with like how our environment has changed as, as, as humans, right? Like, before it used to be such a separate thing work, then play, work, then home work than family, right? Now we live in such blended environments where our work never leaves us. You know, yeah. We're on Twitter all the time. We're on uh, like um, with the task management, task management apps on our yeah. phone. We have email coming in forth, text messages. Are you on TikTok? WhatsApp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just, we're just talking about how to launch on TikTok as well. Okay. Right? Uh, are, are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. on TikTok. Wow. I have like, I'm still trying to figure out, like learn, yeah. but I have a few posts there. Yeah. Oh, wow. We haven't started posting there yet, but we're yeah. trying to figure out how. I think it's Morali369. Yeah. Morali369. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. So check me out. Yeah. We will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's such a great platform as well. Yeah, right. it's a cool one. Yeah, mm. there's some interesting things that are happening there. But mm -hmm. sorry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so just feeding off that, like, uh, work and life uh, uh, is not balanced anymore, where it's kind of blended. You work yeah. in a kind of a blended environment, yeah. where, like, one minute you're playing with your kids, next minute you'll get like, a message, yeah. Fr yeah. you know, from your uh, coworker or a co-founder, yeah. and you're dealing with an issue, and then you're back to playing with your kids. Yeah. Right? So it's such a sh dramatic shift in such a quick period of time. Do you, do you feel you're balanced? No. No. I don't chase balance, that's the thing. Oh yeah, okay. And so for me, I, I feel like, I've talked to a few people as well, who are yeah. especially founders, where we're just comfortable in a blended environment. Right. Where boom, I'll pick up my phone, you know, see that message come in, be like, all right, this is what's gotta be done, issue it out. Yeah. And then I'm back to like having a conversation with my wife or, you know, playing with some nephews. Right, right. Uh, and then, you know, work and life is just intermixed back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I think we're like the in-between generation. Like, yeah. there's a whole generation coming after us yeah. that's just completely phone natives. Yes. Who are like, you know, social media natives. Yeah. Who have yeah. grown up in that life, don't ever know anything else. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how they develop, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we live in environments where we joke about it, but it's true where people will be walk watching the game together in the same living room, but be texting each other yeah, yeah, their yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Um, Right, so that's ne that's the next generation. So yeah. how does that look like in the future generations, um, where technology has become such an integrated part? Yes. Yeah. Right. Of our yeah. life. Yeah. Okay. And we really have no idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I, you know, there was no internet when I was growing up, right? Yeah. So how do I prep my kids for for what's going to happen, right? In mm -hmm. in in their future, like my one year old is already like knows to do something on there. Right? They're geniuses, man. They're when it comes to devices. <laughs> yeah. They're so intuitive, right? Yeah. They just pick it up. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you should like give kudos to the designers who designed the systems that yes. they use, yeah. or if it's just the kids who are just able to pick it up so quickly, right? Because they're so malleable. Yeah, yeah. But either way, something's going on. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I think it's also a reflection of us, right? Like they, um, they do what you do. Mm -hmm. So if if they're seeing, if they're good at doing that, that means you're doing that a lot for them to see that, right? Yeah. I mean, not just that. I mean, I, we've seen like one and two year olds. Well, just go to the app store, download a game, and yes, play a completely yeah. new game that they have never seen. <laughs> yeah. They'll figure out the dynamics of it. Very true. Right, very and true. then they're yeah. they gonna pick it up like this, and they're playing the game. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not careful, you have your uh, if you have your uh, credit card on there on file, good luck. You know, yeah. they're just buying stuff, and yeah. they know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it maybe not be intentional, they just like it's built into them. Yeah. But they're now apps that target kids, right? Yeah. I want kids to download this, and they have trained behaviors in it yeah. that can charge cards if they need to or be, uh, affect behavior. So it's such a weird thing when it comes to kids technology. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I, I, it's, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think, I think about that a lot. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you journal? I'm trying to get into it. Yeah. Uh, I've been like, on and off for the last two years. Like, uh, I've been using devices, like, mostly my phone. Yes, I'll have, yeah. like, uh, I use, like, Evernote. So yes. like, I have, like a, like, a journal book like that. But I, I don't. Henry does. He talks yeah. a lot about it, doing it. Uh, he just left. But yeah. uh, um, I think it's huge. Yeah. It's massively helped me in my life. Do you pick a set time and do it? Um, no, I'm I'm not um, I'm not big on discipline. Mm. <laughs> uh, discipline in the sense you I'm not big words. on. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, we were talking about vegetarian earlier. Yeah, I'm not big on be like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. I'm gonna stop this. Da da da. Like. You know, because if I'm invited somewhere and somebody gives me meat, I might have it, right? Yeah. Um, and in the same way, I don't daily, I don't have a daily routine. I personally just don't have that discipline, um, but I do it often. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes when you do something often enough, it just becomes your habit. Um, but I've been journaling since somebody told, I was lucky enough that somebody told me this when I was very young. Um, so I've been journaling since high school, um, on and off. And, um, and it's interesting to go back and see your thoughts there, one. But I think, um, you know, you were mentioning um, Evernote. For me, I have to write in a book. And um, who knows, you know, if they'll do any research on how this works for you. But for sure, when you're writing, writing something out, it works a different yep. part of your brain, right? Um, and I'm a big believer in that. And when you were talking about... Um, I forget the term that you use, but you were like, you know, you see a message for work, and then you go back to whatever conversation, right? Um, you know, clearly that's working for you. You're doing well, but it wouldn't work for me yeah. because for me, I need that. I need that focus in the morning for like my journaling or whatever, or I might do a checklist, and then I'm okay. Yeah. Because essentially, as a CEO, like at Computech, especially at this stage in the college, I'm firefighting. Yeah. Right. Like. So I really have to be careful that any one of those fires could drag me in. Mm. So I need to be focused on this is my mission for this day as it relates to my week, as it relates to my month, as it relates to my yearly goals, yeah, right? Yeah. And for me, it can't be some long paragraph because um, I'm not going to absorb that. It has to be like one or two sentences or whatever, right, to, to carry me through that day. I'm gonna really try. I'm gonna try your method. Yeah. See how it goes. <laughs> see, let's see how it goes. Yeah, why not? Well, I, I believe in this chaotic balance, right? Like, yeah. my, my actually how I execute is very chaotic. Yes. But like you say, like I, I, for me, focus is so important. Yeah. So I've been doing that for the past few years as well, um, unintentionally, but figuring out, you know what, I'm gonna come accomplish one thing each day. Yeah. Right. So each day I have one thing I, I got to do, um, and then that leads to a weekly goal, to a monthly goal, to a yearly goal. Yes. Right. And it's all in my head. Like I haven't journaled it down or wrote it down. I, w I should be getting that, putting it more into the universe. Yeah. But like the idea was like, you know, let's simplify. Yeah. There's so many things going on. If I can at least do one thing. Yeah. One thing is easy to focus on. Two, when you accomplish one thing, um, it's a it's a bit of a relief. Okay, it's, it's off my shoulder. But yeah. also three is that you feel good. You want to accomplish more things. Yes. Yes. Right. So it gives you that kind of go that kind of like. Um, not a break, but a choice, right? Yeah. I finish this one thing, perfect. I can slack off today, or yeah. I can take an easy day. Yeah. Or you know what? I want to drive more. Yeah. I want to get yeah. get more things off my checklist. Yeah. Nice. And um, so that one thing could be very uh, like very low detail, right? Yeah. I got to reply back to this one email, or 
have to reach out as one person and it has to be really perfect. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or it has to be like, I need to get this. That's what you thought about when you were emailing me. Of course. Thousand percent. <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, being like that minute, minute like, has yeah. really helped me like being like, okay, this day is meant for this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's part of this week. Yeah. So like those like daily progression, progression kind of, kind of the snowballs. Yes. That's yeah. kind of how this whole thing happened. Like when we start, when I started start doing this, it took about it took about a year to get to this point. Yeah. Right. So I'd ideating the podcast and all this about last uh, um, August. Okay. And it's like, how can we drive the most kind of like value for people? And before we even got to this, I testing daily. You know, what can we do? What kind of action daily? Yeah. To get to a point where you know, I can sit across from some uh, different different entrepreneurs, investors, professionals at different calibers, and carry a conversation with them, yeah. talk to them. Yeah. Right. And what What was the most challenging part for you at at that point? You're a year into it now. Ye a year, a in year from when it? I wanted to start. Yeah. Okay. Right. Before I even got started, I mean, literally figuring out how to get the equipment. Yeah. Understand how to piece it all together. Um, I mean, it, it was like building, you know, build up a piece by piece, right? Find out the market for it. Yeah. I mean, I went out and talked to, we have about, a, we went and talked to about 165 people about coming on the podcast. Oh, wow. Before we started the podcast. Yeah, awesome. We built up a list, like, would you come in and talk about this kind of stuff to this yeah. kind of audience? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it was overwhelming, yes. Nice. We got really fast, we got, the, we built the list so quickly, actually, we were like, yeah. Okay, let's just deliver on this. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And um, yeah, even then, like you get bogged down into the potential of like how to make it perfect. Yeah. And I keep telling guys like, no, guys, deliver. Yeah, just do it. Just yeah, get focus it on deliver uh, delivery, and then it'll get better. Yeah, yeah. What's one thing that you changed from the way you did things last year in terms of the show to to now? Well, I mean, I have people around me. Now. <laughs> it's a big difference. Yeah. Right. When I started huge. this, I was looking at myself, like, what do I do? Right. Yeah. yeah. So the main thing is just having people to bounce those ideas off of. Right. Being able to, like, you know what, take over possession of this part. Um, you know, Dale's been great at this. Today he came in. One of the reasons why we have one of the cleanest sets we ever worked with. Yeah. Because Dale came in early and he's like, you know what, this thing has to be taped down. Yeah. Nice. Right? These things have to be arranged at this time. Right. If you look at the tape marks across at the, where the cameras are. Yeah. Yeah. And organized. And Christian was is uh, our newest uh, addition to the team as well. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's helping us like bring a whole new vision, like how to color contrast better. Yeah. And create this thing better. Right. So. Yeah. It's about finding talent and finding the right people who can come in and plug in the right values at the right time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's my biggest thing. Is like me, I know that because if I'm learning something new, it takes me a while. Yeah. But it, once I've learned something, I can master it really, really quickly. Yeah. I'm practicing yeah. it. Yeah. So for me, like sales, I got into sales. Yeah. Because I wanted to master the ability of like talking and communi communicating people. Yeah. Like growing up was, uh, I was really bad at communicating. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of sales did you do? I did everything yeah. from telecom uh, like telecom yeah. sales. Call center was call really center. good for me. Yeah, because yeah, you're repeating the same message to people over and yeah. over again. Really got you uh, like the ability to like you know. And you hear a lot of no's and yelling, mm. and you don't have a choice. You still have to keep calling. Where I think some other sales places you could step away from. So yeah, yeah. call center. Call center was really good for me. But what what else did you do? Yeah, so for me, I found like if I get those repeatable tasks, you can kind yeah. of automate your mind kind of sense. Right. Where you can, when you have repeatable, you get really good at things. You can yes. master yourself really yes. well. So for me, sales was the ability to, to, was for the mastery. I spent like 12 years in sales in different, different companies, in different industries at different levels, right? From yeah. face to face to corporate sales to B2B to enterprise level sales, right? Yeah. Just seeing different, different pieces of it, but all the same kind of activity. Yeah. And for me, it was like literally a mechanism to communicate to people. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. Right. So that was my, that's my thing to master. Like that was I your 10,000 hours in sales. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Right. Uh, absolutely. Right. So I don't, do you think, do you think uh, the, like the younger generation, I mean, you're in the hub, so you, I'm assuming you see a lot of that. Do you think they're doing that enough? Like putting in their 10,000 hours, like how you're, how you strategize with it that you recognize you needed sales. Do you think people are doing that? Um, so for me, like I didn't know, I was not strategizing that. Just that it happened. just happened organically. It's something I look back and I'm like, holy shit, I spent 12 years in, the, in, in sales, yeah, technically, yeah. right? And I only realized when people start telling me, like, you're really good at sales. Yeah. I didn't realize myself as a salesman. You know, for me, I was always chasing communication. Right. Right. I'm like, I always want to connect with people. I'm like, and I realize I'm really good at connecting people and then tell them, hey, buy this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just kind of became a thing. Yeah. Uh, Building that really, report. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was really good at fighting fires. Like, in a controlled situation, being able to communicate, that was really great. 
So I got better and better at it. Yeah. And I got pulled into the sales roles in different companies. Yeah. And that became like where I became into. But like, because I, I'm so, so good at that, like my, going back to your original question, like my focus is like, okay, how can I do sales? Problem with sales, you need to build a whole bunch of infrastructure around you. Right. Right. You don't, you can't work in a silo environment. Most sales infrastructure that work, they work because it's a team environment. People yeah. are dedicated to a certain role. Yeah. Right. Perfect. You are business development. You go and find out all the, all the opportunities. Uh, you are in actual communications. You communicate the company vision. You're in marketing. Perfect. Here's yeah. external marketing, but for sales requires three times more marketing material than actual marketing. Yeah. Because you need sales and enablement pieces. You know, like, so sometimes there was a custom made per customer, uh, per client, right? It takes a lot of time and effort. Um, so if you can silo it out to different, uh, bring all the different skills, uh, skill sets into it, then the person who's like, the f who's a closer yeah. is pa empowered enough to make that deal. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right, and they need that infrastructure to be plugged in. Yeah. Um, and not a lot of closers can work in a, in a place where there's like no infrastructure. Yeah. And this is the biggest problem that um, startups have. Yeah. Especially the new age ones. Yeah. Right. Finding the right sales staff, even especially in Toronto and in, in Canada, actually, the second biggest skills shortage, other than computer programming and coding, yeah. is um, sales. Yeah. The the ability to communicate a product or service to the right party and finding them. Yeah. One of the biggest issues, especially yeah. as tech companies, like I've been working in this environment for a while, I I realize as, as uh, like realizes that the biggest problem is is sales. It's just like. Uh, uh, like a non-technical person would have problem finding a like technical staff now. Yeah. Uh, how do you find a good program if you don't have a program? Yeah. You yeah. don't know what he's writing on <laughs> his computer. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, do this, but is he is he actually doing it properly? Is he safeguarding your network? Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. Right. Just like that, someone who's like in the coding world cannot understand who's good at communicate communicating. Yes. Yeah. Cool. You talk a lot of words. Yeah. Can you actually drive that engagement you need? Can yeah. Can you actually yeah. convert? Um, so they have a very hard time for technical-minded people finding of uh, hiring salespeople. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that and I've seen that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a skill, and people are mm -hmm. are afraid, right? Like they mm -hmm. s they say that um, what is it that people are more scared to speak on stage than yeah. like it's their biggest fear, right? Yeah. I I tr I try to. My mom pushed me on stage. Thankfully, yeah, I was hugely nervous, but um, very important skill to have and. You know, even with my kids now, my three-year-old does presentations, Sophia, um, and then I get my son Leonardo to do it. Like he can't talk yet, but just mm. to physically recognize that, oh, it's your turn now. You should be doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, being able to present yourself in in an appropriate manner is is a key key thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, I fell into that by accident. Yeah. You're um, lucky. Yeah. 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 Right. So. I'm like, okay, I've got this skill set. How can I better utilize it? Yeah. So now we're in the sense where we help companies with sales. Yeah. Oh, so wow. Okay, nice. So the podcast is like our ability. It's like we've created this platform where people can come in and talk about themselves. Yeah. It's like we create this instrument, right, this, this one-hour-long segment yeah. captured in 4K video and great audio quality. Yeah. We do this together to, to talk about, you know, our inner thoughts that we have, our missions that we want, whatever it is, and we distribute it together. Yeah. Our on our platform, and you reshare it to your platform, and together, we kind of spread this message that we have yeah. created. And because of that, you, know, you get exposure, we get exposure. Yeah. Right? So that's something that we're building. Like yeah. The podcast is like an asset class. Like yes. Right? Yeah. Each episode we do, we build an audience from other people who reshare it and all that. Yeah. Makes it more valuable. And everyone who steps on now gets get, makes a, a platform both valuable and gets lifted by the ones that came on before. Yeah, yeah. So it's our first mechanism of helping sales, the yeah. first distribution of that message. The, me the message is from the founder level, right? Well, who's the founder? What, what are they founding? Why are they founding it? And what's their mission? What's their vision for a greater future? All this stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, very organically written. But uh, that's the first level to get them out. Yeah. Second level we do is we sit down with companies that you know, we like and we're like, hey, you're doing some cool stuff. How can we help you? Yeah, and that can be very surface level, like it's connecting to resources that we might have. Right. People who support the, the podcast, like MCRO is now our first like uh, permanent sponsor. Oh, nice. So they get a nice banner here. Sweet. Um, they're willing to support us for every episode. Yeah. And they're down to make a long-term commitment. So very gracious, gracious of them. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a great job um, by helping us uh, do this. Yeah. But um, 
you know, just connecting them. You need apps or anything like that. They would help. They they're willing to help companies make make apps or software, awesome. and you go through us through the podcast. They give you a discount. They're awesome. Okay, sweet. But you know, we have other other supporters as as well. We work with. Um, so that's second level. Yeah. And the third level is we sit down with you and literally craft what your sales strategy looks like. You know, okay. what your pre-sales look like. What's your um, you know, what does your sales process look like? How do you track it? How do you set up your CRM? How do you create a playbook that you can plug in salespeople into and they can, you can churn them out, yeah. right? Replicate it over yeah. and over again. Um, these are the questions that a lot of companies have not looked into. Yeah, yeah, that's right. awesome. So you're filling a need. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's fantastic. So, yeah. so what's, what's success then for you guys? I mean, success, we have had some small success, like not small, like pretty good. I told you before the podcast, one of our guests came back and told us oh, that yes. um, you know, they landed a million dollar client because yeah. they came on their show that's and people awesome. were able to hear their story because uh, of an episode they heard the podcast. I mean, you yeah. hear that, that's amazing, right? Yeah. But for us, uh, our, our next project is actually, we're launching an app. It's funny you talked about um, uh, wellness, body, mind, and soul. Yeah. We're building an app, uh, just exactly what I said. Um, the, uh, g the goal of an app is like a social game. Yeah. You connect people to your network and it's like, you do one thing for each category really each day for your body, mind, and soul. Yeah. Right now, we're, we're making it so it's universal. Everybody yeah. does the one thing together. Oh, cool. And you get rewards for doing that. Yeah. And yeah. it's about showing consistency. Yeah. And nice. because you do it together, yeah. it feels kind of like more like a, a social thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a test. We want to see if. It's, it's like, uh, what, is, what is that? Um, Palatron or something? The yeah. Um, Palatron, yeah. Palatron, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The gamified uh, workout bike. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, but it's kind of like more for wellness. Okay. It's one of the things I've noticed, like, I meant, I meant in terms of the engagement, the yeah. community engagement. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things I've noticed is like the lon loneliness that comes with founders yes. and entrepreneurship, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also with freelancers, yeah. right? Uh, for gig workers. Yeah. The type of work that people are now engaging into is very lonely now. Yes. Yeah. Right? Where you can work remotely from home. Yeah. But who's home? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes people are not home when you're living there, if you're, if you're renting a place or all this. Yeah. So um, it's like, how do we connect a community that is so closely engaged to technology and yet disassociated from each yeah. other? Yeah. Right? Working in the silos. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. I, th I, th I, think, um, I think a lot of businesses, uh, not just startups, but a lot of businesses that are happening right now are missing that. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best things about Computech College is the fact that um, my mom and dad still come to the office. Like they're either looking after my son or, or coming to the campus and, um, and that's awesome, right? I get to have lunch with my, my parents every day. Yeah. Um, and, and the team, right? You're building a team that um, you're trying to implement this vision. Mm -hmm. So to me, success isn't you know, that end result or that milestone we hit. It's really you know, getting together, building a team, and as a group of people, you're going through this process. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't matter if it's ups and downs. Like you're doing something imp that's important to all of you together, right? Yeah. Um, and, and being able to live that life, like, you know, it, it would be a tragedy for me if I didn't get to see my parents that much. There was a point in my life where I didn't, mm -hmm. but I've been able to create a life where I get to see them often, right? I was telling you, I talk to my dad every day, my mom, right? Um, that's precious to me, and to me, that's the success. Computech is doing well, you know, as we grow, and I'm happy about that, but being able to live that life um, that I want to live in, in terms of my family is, is fantastic, yeah. Amazing. And I think, you know, I think um, especially when you're a startup and, you know, you have, everyone's in this hype of connecting with VCs and, you know, being the next billion dollar company in Canada or whatever, um, it's important to stay grounded um, and, you know, hopefully you're the, the startup that you're working on is doing an important need, right? Like you guys are helping startups connect and, and grow their businesses, right? You're, that's very important, right? So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, um, you know, whatever the financial returns of this are. More important, at least to me, and I'm sure to you guys, is that you help these important organizations grow, right? Like you were talking about, if it's a company that you like, you're gonna get behind them, right? Yeah. Um, which I think is tremendous. Yeah, good for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. On that note, yeah. I mean, we're we hit an hour. 
Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this has been great, Murdy, man. I mean, talking amongst friends is always easier, but uh, talking to someone like yourself who has so much to talk about, I feel like we're going to dive into so much more. Yeah, it was so awesome. So I would love to have you on more. Thank and, you. Uh, yes. See how your businesses grow and especially the new movement you're creating and how that uh, the feedback is. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Perfect. brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you. Thank you, guys.